0: One of our songs hadn't actually even had a title. I didn't have a song title yet, and my my bright idea was like, let's let's get the audience to name this song. Let's uh, I'll put well, this song doesn't have a song title. What what do you think the song should be called? And then all I hear is rampage. <laughs> I was like, what what rampage? The song. It's called Rampage. He wants it to be called Rampage. He's just yelling Rampage. Welcome back, Bannock folks. You're listening to another episode of Banecdotes, the podcast that holds it down for the underground sound here in Ontario, Canada. We uh, bring people from the music industry, you know, musicians, photographers promoters bring them on the show and have them tell some of the wildest stories they have from being around bands and all that band culture that those crazy stories that they just have in their pocket that always can bring up once in a while that makes someone laugh or if they bring something up you can always relate to a story like that and uh we feature music throughout the entire episodes we play music from ontario bands from genres such as punk screamo hardcore metal uh indie uh shoegazing anything underground anything that's not getting the recognition that i think it deserves and that's why we uh have the podcast i want to make people feel special i never had something like this growing up and i would have loved it so uh that's what that's why this podcast exists don't forget to like and subscribe rate and review follow us in our Instagram, at Banecdotes, B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. we got a Facebook page there with all our in, uh, updates as well. Um, yeah, and if you if you want to be a guest yourself, uh, reach out to me directly. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. You can hit me up uh, through any social media platform. Um, but if uh, you're more formal and you want to do it the right way, hit me up with the Gmail, Banecdotes at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, let's get talking. No shows to plug. Um, yeah, lots of stuff going on in the world right now, so shows aren't really happening. <laughs> um, uh, the shows that Bannecd certainly had uh, planned for this weekend, you know, January first and January second, um, with Wildside and, and Millspec with Hellbent, there, those shows are unfortunately aren't happening. Um, the idea is we'll postpone them when we can, but you know, with these restrictions right now, nobody really wants to commit to a date right now, um, which is totally fair, right? Like, it, it's hard to c- commit to these kind of things when uh, things are happening right now. But, lo and behold, we will be back together, and the show will definitely happen again. All of us really want to play Niagara. There's a few shows that did happen in between that you know, small space where live shows were, were up and running, were a blast. And it certainly showed that, like, people were back into live music again. And uh, I feel like Niagara was starting to see itself again turn it, turn it, turn the color that it, knew it needed to be, um, whatever the fuck the hell that means. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, we had to pull the emergency brakes. And now we got to start at square one again, but that's, you know, out of my control. That's out of your control. All I can say is, you know, get your vax and do what you can, and uh, yeah, <laughs> nothing you haven't heard before. Now this week, um, we're going to do things a little different. Uh, you know, I normally have a guest on this week, but this week, um, since it's the week in between Christmas and New Year's, everybody's in this weird limbo state. People are home from school. People are, you know, at, at their parents' place. People are not working. I've certainly not got the week off myself. So, um, you know, instead of uh, putting up uh, an interview and an uh, episode that I'm, you might miss, um, we're going to do an episode about me. Now, I know that's a little cringy. I'm even cringing at the thought of it. Um, But I feel like maybe a handful of you don't know me as well as I I assume that you guys do. There's a handful of friends that certainly uh, support the show, and I appreciate that deeply. But um, I I can imagine that there's a handful of people who don't know me nearly as well. And uh, I am a part of the music scene. I've played in bands, and I do what I can to try and keep this music scene up and running. And, uh, yeah, so a little bit of we can get into a, some uh, background of uh, a little bit who I am and some of the stories that I have from being in bands. And, uh, and we could get to know each other just a little bit better. Right on. Well, let's get the show started off with one of my bands. This is a tune that just came out. Uh, we just put a music video out with it. Uh, Justice Krar uh, of I Make Music Videos, IMMV. Helped us out with this one. He's helped uh, Center out in the past with uh, music videos. He's great at what he does. Uh, he's played in bands. Um, yeah, he's, he does quite a bit himself. Uh, this song's called Ganundrum by Hellbent. Was Conundrum by my band Hellbent. How are you folks doing today? Thank you for tuning into this episode. This episode is so that you can kind of get to know me a little bit better. I'm uh, Phil Paxton. I, I've been playing in the music scene and in part of the community for the last uh, like 10 or so, more than 10 years since I've been in high school. So probably about like 2006, 2007 is when I started going to shows. I've seen the city of Niagara go through its handful of promoters. You know, I saw the Timmer era, I saw the Murphy era, I saw the Matt Breezy era, uh, and I'm seeing, you know, Eric Dixon do a lot of work for the music scene nowadays. Um, And uh, I've done what I can, I've played in a handful of bands, mostly metalcore bands, I played in a band called The Last Plague, I played in a band called uh, Despite This Flesh, I played in a band called The Merchant, and I played in a band called Shook, Uh, Sinner, Hellbent, Druid, you know, I... I probably got three more bands coming out before this episode ends. (laughs) Um, I just do what I can. I try and play as much music as I can when I'm not playing music. I try and support my friends as much as I can. Um, And that's what I kind of do for the, for the music community. Now this past year, my bands haven't been so active because obviously of the pandemic and whatnot. Um, well, I guess oh, Hellbent. Uh, we've been sitting on a record, actually. We've been sitting on a record, and that should be that's coming out uh, next year. Um, no set date, but we definitely have lots of content for that to drop, and we're really excited about that. So just be look out for Hellbent. We got lots of stuff going on. Center right now is in a bit of a limbo state. Um, we're going. We're just kind of rewriting, rebranding ourselves at the moment. Um, we really enjoyed the time not doing the hustle, uh, not trying to play every show. Uh, that's been kind of nice. Sinner was always typically doing that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, this last year, like, uh, we've just been writing. We've been taking the time and doing uh, some some writing. And hopefully th- throughout the new year, you'll hear something new from Sinner. Um, don't hold your breath, though, because, like, we are taking our time. Uh, we want to make it as best as possible we aren't trying to just make songs to make songs we are doing what we can ah, you know what it is though um what got me into heavy music growing up was was probably you know when i when i was growing up i was always into like punk tunes i really liked like pop punk songs growing up um, Blink One Eighty Two, uh, Sum Forty One, and Sum Forty One uh, even brought uh, like a like a heavy edge to their sound, especially with that record. Does this look infected? Uh, they always referred to themselves as Iron Maiden worship. They they loved Iron Maiden, and somehow they translated pop punk through the their love of Iron Maiden, and uh, it, you could tell uh, because you know in grade seven, uh, I bands like. You know, artists like Eminem was pretty prominent and everybody was listening to Eminem. You know, 8 Mile was just coming out and, uh, you know, Eminem's show... All that hype had been released, and uh, I'm over here like talking about Good Charlotte and 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 this band like Alexis on Fire. Have you heard about this band Alexis on Fire? They're from St. Catharines. They just do the screaming, and uh, that's what really kind of got me into uh, heavy music growing up. Lo and behold, you eventually, you know, I remember having a thought when I was in grade seven. Like it was a pretty distinct thought and it, and i don't know why things were so black and white because it's not i want to i want to let young people know that this isn't the case but i thought to myself listen phil you have to either like heavy music or you have to like rap you can't like both <laughs> growing up nowadays i do like both but i had a very distinct moment where i was like are you going to hang out with the kids who like rap or are you going to hang out with the kids who like punk And I said, you know, I'm going to hang out with the kids who like punk. There was nothing against any of the people who liked rap, but there was so many people listening to rap. Like I said, Eminem was destroying the airwaves, you know, Missy Elliott, um, uh, Kanye would just dropped, you know, Jesus walks. So like hip hop was, it's just as prominent as it was today as it is today, but uh, too many people were listening to it and i'm sure so many people have that same instinct where if there's so many people doing something you typically want to drive away from that and there wasn't enough people excited about good charlotte as much as i was so i, I you know I took that route you know found my way with slipknot in the resident evil soundtrack and i ended up just liking heavy music heavy music like screaming never was a jarring thing for me it was never something that i needed to get into Uh, i actually had a harder time getting into hardcore because uh, i kind of started off with like metal and the their their yelling and screaming was was uh it was a little bit more refined Let's, let's let's say that whereas like hardcore is more yelling and aggressive that a lot of hardcore songs that back then. It took me a long time to actually like come around to. So um, it, it was kind of tough for me to, 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 to get into that. So that's kind of what got me into heavy music growing up. Obviously, it snowballed and snowballed and got into more metalcore. You know, the Bring Me The Horizon was a huge, you know, uh, Count Your Blessings was a huge album for me. That was a big one. You know, August Burns Red. Uh, I, I remember seeing August Burns Red at L3 uh, just as like uh, Messengers was coming out. Um, that was a, cre- you know, seeing Architects for one of the first times, actually seeing Architects, um, and they just released Ruin. So Sam Carter had just joined the band. They were touring with Holly Springs Disaster. They came through to L3, and Holly Springs was headlining the show, just to like, give you an idea of how— uh, Small of a band Architects was at the time and I remember like maybe listening to one or two songs before like on their MySpace page before I saw them but they
1: blew me
0: away Um, especially when they were playing songs off of Nightmare like it was like uh, like those those like those 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 murder chords that like I just my brain was going like, what is this? So uh yeah, that's really kind of what got me into heavy music growing up. Now, there have been lots of cool Ontario bands within the last year or so. There's lots of bands that have caught my attention, uh, especially new ones that have been coming up. Uh, Gavel has been one, uh, Jarrett, uh, Jarrett uh, Malié's new, uh, new project. They, uh, they play, performed with uh, Category 514 uh, <laughs> at the, earlier this month. Uh, they crushed it. They were a super cool band. And I'm also a really big fan of Die Alone. Now, I believe they're from Toronto, Barrie area, but they're a new hardcore band that kind of just swept me away. Uh, They're really raw. Uh, They're not trying to reinvent the wheel, which is something I really enjoy. It's super classic sounding. Definitely sounds very reminiscent of like Backtrack and whatnot. They're a really cool band. Kothra is another one that's actually got me uh, really excited. Uh, The The... The EP that they put out, uh, the Tenants, uh, I, I picked it up on vinyl. That, that's a just punishing record. It's like it's just super heavy, um, uh, just slow and chunky. Uh, you know, sludgy, uh, but super, super powerful. Yeah, that that band's super cool. Really excited about that band. Cold Shoulder's putting out a new record, and I've always been a good fan of Cold Shoulder. They always make really good music. We've been working hard with them. We've played countless shows with them. So it's always fun to see bands that you've been working hard with over the years kind of get what they deserve. And they're they're signed to New Age Records, which is really exciting. And, uh, yeah, they got vinyl coming out, so keep your ear to the ground for that. Another band that caught my attention this year was uh, Wade McNeil's new project, Doom's Children. Now, I think he's residing in Montreal right now, but he is from St. Catharines. He is one of the members of Excellent Fire. So uh, I really, I loved this record. This record was super cool to me. Uh, I, I had a chance to to mention it to Jesse when we were uh, sitting down and talking about it. If you haven't heard of it, it's really, it's like a... It's like the Grateful Dead meets Chuck Reagan. It's got those punk vibes and it's got those spacey vibes. Really big fan of that. Really enjoyed that release. They That that record made one of my uh, my top five of this year. That was a really good record. Lots of cool stuff that came out this year. Lots of cool stuff. Now I typically get into some questions where uh, I asked uh, the guests a bit about themselves. So uh, I'd like to tell you a bit about my interests. I, I love the Simpsons. Uh, the Simpsons are one of the biggest cartoons that I loved growing up. Uh, you know, it was on almost every channel. Reruns were always on you know, at five and at six on this channel. Um, so I, you know, I love the series. And uh, uh, within the last decade, I've definitely had uh, a chance to collect a bunch of cool collectibles. And uh, I have, I have what you may have heard it in passing, but I have a, a, a guest room in my house that's just called the Simpsons room. Which is just. Has all sorts of crazy collectibles from, you know, newspapers from Springfield itself to just old. I have I got for Christmas this year, uh, shout outs to Dylan Zdrowboff, who is like the art director behind Hellbent. Uh, shout outs to him. He, he got me this uh, old Halloween costume of Bart. Uh, from 1989, which is just uh, when the show started, so it's actually unofficial licensed Simpsons merch. Which I believe he even told me that the company who made this costume of Bart, it's just this like creepy plastic mask and like these weird clothes, uh, actually got sued by uh, Fox and uh, Simpsons themselves, just because you know Fox Fox needs their money, you know how it is. <laughs> Um, I'm also a huge D&D nerd, and I know this comes as no surprise because D&D gets brought up almost every time on every episode. Yeah, I started playing D&D like two years ago. I suggest if you haven't, um, it's a good time. You're hanging out with your buddies. Uh, It's not as nerdy as you think it is. Now, when people start saying to me like, oh, you're playing D&D, you're playing D&D, like it sounds pretty. It is. It is nerdy, but. Once you get into the swing of things, it's just a silly time hanging out with your buds. Um, so if you ever have time and you want to kill some time with your friends and you're not just sitting around, you know, watching TV, play some D&D. You don't have to go balls to the walls. You, you It's one of those games you can play entirely for free if you have. You could source all the stuff from the Internet. Um, yeah, you can play for free. But once you get into the swing of things, there are a bunch of nerdy stuff you can get. You can get minifigures, maps, whatnot. I loved the game. I, I won't go on too much about how much I love DD because I feel like I, it gets brought up every time. I'm also a big fan of pizza. I love pizza, and I think I live in the pizza capital of Niagara here in St. Catharines. There are so many pizza places. Throughout the city. And uh, as a pizza lover myself, here are three shops that I suggest that you go check out um, if you're ever in the area. Number three, we'll go with Bella Noella's. Now, they've got a handful of different owners. Um uh, I don't even know if they're actually still around I haven't been downtown in a minute I'm not working downtown anymore um, But when they were up and running uh, I think it's still the going They definitely would cater to the Vita crowd, uh, vegan crowd And uh, made all sorts of really cool Big Mac slices And uh, yeah, they were a really cool place I, would, I, I knew a lot of people who uh, worked there And it was always a, a fun time But I don't think they're If they are, they've gone through a couple management changes And I don't even know if they're serving vegan pizza anymore don't know. That's how long it's been. I haven't been there since. <laughs> Number two, I suggest you go check out Rollin' Pizza. Rollin' Pizza is on Ontario Street. And uh, they make all sorts of different kind of pizza. They make like the Detroit-style pizza where like uh, the the, the, uh, the cheese is on the bottom and the sauce goes on top. Or like deep dish, uh, Chicago-style pizza. Uh, but they also do this really cool thing called like it's giant slice of pizza it's like it's like it's as if a giant were to eat a slice of pizza in in uh, proportion to a giant <laughs> it's like takes up a whole like a uh, 24 slice uh, box and uh it's just a massive slice it's so super sick i think i got it once because i for the novelty of it uh yeah definitely check that out rolling pizza that's my number two now number one unfortunately doesn't have a brick and mortar location at the moment i believe they're working on that at but uh, you need to order online a couple days in advance, and then you can go pick it up. I'm talking about, of course, Boss Pizza. Now, this makes the best pizza that I've had in a long time. It's just uh, a fellow of the music community who's been working hard, uh, just uh, loves Buffalo-style pizza, and hasn't been able to get it uh, because of the pandemic or whatnot. So just started making his own Buffalo-style pizza, and then eventually selling it, and believe if i'm not staking a lot of the profits uh go to charity you know he just covers his ass for as far as uh, stuff goes and uh you know ingredients and whatnot but uh yeah really charitable super nice guy um love that pizza that's boss pizza definitely go check out boss pizza i think you can just find their instagram boss pizza uh yeah those are my favorite pizza places in niagara (laughs) Let's get into some of the wild anecdotes that I have from being in bands and being around that band culture within the last couple of years or so. Let's start with some Hellbent stories. Let's go all the way back to the very first Hellbent show, 2014, November 28th in Toronto at a place called The Cage, which I don't think is around anymore. It's unfortunate because it was a really cool bar. The stage itself uh, was set up uh, like a cage, as you can imagine, with like chain link fences uh, around. So you can climb all around them and it was a ton of fun. And uh, for whatever reason, I really don't understand, um, you can get like some sort of cage membership id or something <laughs> i don't quite understand what that gimmick was but the, the the whole idea was that you didn't pay any money i certainly didn't pay any money um you got your picture taken uh, like with a like a backdrop as if you were getting your mug uh, shot as if you were going to prison and they would literally print like he this guy had like a card printer and like would print off a fresh a like plastic card that said, like, the cage, your name on it, and had that picture on it. And I I really don't know. I still have that card. I don't know the significance of why you needed it. I think this guy just had clearly had a card uh, printer and was just like, I need to use this. I've spent all this money on this, and I need to use it. Oh, use it for the bar. That's a great idea. People could have their own membership. It's probably just a <laughs> That venue's not around anymore. I imagine they've... Uh, and buried themselves in uh, debt with, uh, with uh, the materials to make cards. Anyway, this was at a place called The Cage. Um, really weird uh, light up. Uh, I don't remember any of the bands. Uh, a band called The Flu played. Red Lines. And a band called Pube Floral. Now, I don't remember any of these sets. One thing I do remember was that everyone was fighting to open the show now I don't know if you know if you've played uh, Toronto before or if bands who are outside of Toronto haven't played Toronto let me give you a solid heads up now if you're in a small town like St. Catharines typically the sweet spot is you know the headlining moment, if you've got a decent following around here, or the middle act. Uh, you know, people typically haven't left the show yet. They're showing up from their middle act. These are like small town kind of, not necessarily rules, but this is kind of how it goes. Now, when you're in Toronto, it's a whole different bargain. Uh, bargain. <laughs> pun intended. That wasn't in... Like people who would normally argue over the headlining slot want to go first. And here's why shows start at like nine o'clock in Toronto for whatever reason. Well, the idea is that they want to keep the bar open for as late as possible. And uh, typically after shows, everyone rushes out. They're done drinking. The show is over. So shows don't start until like the doors don't open till like nine o'clock in Toronto, and like the first band isn't till like ten. Um, so everyone wants to play first because it's already late. And like if you play quote unquote head if you're headlining a show in Toronto, you're playing like two o'clock in the morning. There was one time that Sinner had uh, booked a gig uh, in Toronto, and it was a it was a five or six band gig, and the first band hadn't set up by 10 o'clock and the promoter insisted that we played last uh we were playing with our friends in twin rivals uh we just (laughs) this is the first time we ever did this but we just got on our van and we just left we went home we did not see it was at duffy's too which isn't really much of a venue it's more of like a bar with like an area that has shows so for the most part, it, it's a sports bar that everyone who's there looking at sports are avoiding the area with music. It's a weird setup. Uh, we just got in our van and we just we, we went back home, uh, and I remember talking to Jason between rivals that uh, that night and uh, asked him what time did you play because they were ended up being the quote unquote headliner, and he said they didn't play till three a.m. and uh, I imagine we would have played at four. If we played after them, so yeah, wild things that happened in Toronto, so if you ever played Toronto before, that's something you should expect, but this was in 2014, November twenty eighth at the cage, and it was, was our first show, um, we had a, a guitarist in the band called Dan, who I had just met, everybody else in the band knew, uh, like knew who he was. Um, I had practiced with them some of these songs, uh, but I didn't quite know Dan, uh, certainly not on a personal level. He's a great guy. Shout out to Dan. I got nothing bad to say about him. He's a good guy. Um, so we're playing last, uh, not too many people are out, but there's, uh, a homie of ours, uh, Mitch, who's came out and supported, uh, he actually, he plays in, I can't, I don't know what he's playing in nowadays, uh, but he actually started off in, in cold shoulder. He, he doesn't play with them anymore. But he started off in cold shoulder. So he was out showing support. Doing, you know, it was probably late. It was probably 3 o'clock in the morning. And uh, doing what he can. You know, two-stepping when you can. Throwing down when you can. Just showing support um, for our first show. That clearly was kind of a dud. And then there's these two guys in the corner. Who I don't even know how to describe them as. Is just giant gorillas these guys were huge these guys had face tattoos and hand tattoos and they were just shouting they were just yelling they were super drunk and they were being super obnoxious okay and they were they weren't fuck around kind of guys they they they, they were super serious about why they're having a, but they were also having a good time they were being but they were being obnoxious and i remember specifically in the moment uh, of, of our set one of our songs hadn't actually even had a title. I didn't have a song title yet, and my my bright idea was like, let's let's get the audience to name this song. Let's uh, I'll put well, this song doesn't have a song title. What what do you think this song should be called? And then all I hear is rampage. Oh, I was like, what what rampage? The song. It's called Rampage. He wants it to be called Rampage. He's just yelling Rampage in the corner there. So um, unfortunately, that song title didn't stick um, because of what followed after. Uh, We started playing our song Rampage. And Mitch having a great time going around, uh, you know, two stepping and uh, throwing down. And uh, he, he did something he probably shouldn't have. But again, was just having a good time. He uh, was doing a bit of crowd killing and he, he you know, kind of you know, did did some swinging of the arms near these guys. And these guys clearly didn't know anything about mosh culture, uh, which is kind of a stupid word to say mosh culture. Um, and there wasn't really too many people in the venue at the time. So I understand that they probably... Took this as like an attack. Uh, they thought they were being. Mitch was attacking them, whereas Mitch was just having a good time with the hardcore. Um, so next thing you know, these two guys are just like they're trying to fight Mitch, and then at one point they actually have him, and he they got his hands. <laughs> they got his hands around his throat so we have to stop our song obviously dan um the guitarist who i just met at the time drops his guitar and he's what he is doing i remember specifically his idea was he just he went in and he stood between them and he deep separated them and he just stood between them and he wasn't aggressive about it but his thought process behind it was if he gets punched they threw the first punch and then then like a brawl can break have. nothing like that quite happened we did I think the security ended up kicking out that guy, and we ended up playing, uh, you know, uh, our last song to Mitch. Uh, because at that point, I think everyone was like, let's get out of here. What is, what is going on? So I did. And uh, that was Hellbent's very first show. That was a wild time. And uh, like I said, I was at the cage in 2014, uh, November 28th. <laughs> that was a wild time. Now, you've probably noticed that Hellbent's got a handful of wacky songs, Uh, song titles, songs just about kind of about nothing. So I'm going to try and give you a bit of a backstory on some of these songs. Now, we have a song that we put out for a demo in 2020 called The Ballad of Scotch Hogan. It's a 15 second song. It's about how we don't like long songs. The song title actually has nothing to do with the song at all song's just about how we don't like long songs and we like short songs and it's a 15-second song. So you get it. It's a, good, it's a good... But where we came up with that idea of the song title, we have to go back to a tour in 2019. Now, the beginning of 2019, we went on tour with a band called Spill Your Guts. Now, Spill Your Guts are... It's a kind of a weird way to explain this, but they are from Japan, but... um uh, I can't even remember... no, oh, no, 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 no. They're from China. They're from... Uh, oh, shoot. I can't remember what city they're from. Um, they're from China, though. Um, but it turns out none of them are actually... Uh, they never uh, were born in China. It turns out that the city that they were in is kind of like a, uh, everybody goes there for work. Uh, so actually, everybody in the band came from a different part of the country. Dima came from Russia. Um. Uh, their their drummer, uh, he came from, uh, he was actually from Canada. I think he just came from just like uh, the Kitchener-Waterloo area, the Shamus to the Tyler. Um, their bassist, Jan, uh, was from uh, Quebec, uh, like Quebec City. And their guitarist, Larry, who came from Scotland. Now, we had a great time playing with uh, this band. We played, uh, I think, off 10-day tour with them. We got to know them really well. They were such good folks. Shout-outs to Spill Your Guts if you don't know them. They kill. Um, Larry, Larry's a good guy. Now, Larry, if you're listening, I doubt you are. (laughs) Uh, Shout-outs to you. You made that whole tour a great time. Um, And even getting to introduce my wife to you uh, was was awesome. Now, Larry was a big fan of the bottle. We always got drinking almost every night. And uh, the more Larry drank, the harder his uh, accent uh, was uh, became to understand. And <laughs> uh, he was always referring to uh, if you had a bottle in your hand, if you had a, like a bottle of liquor, and he wanted to get a sip off it, he would ask for a wee up down, a wee up down, just a wee, a, a little up down, and a little up, a little swig up down is what they call it, a wee up down is what. <laughs> This is what we kept hearing throughout that entire tour. Now, after a couple drinks, Larry had a tendency of wanting to wrestle. Now, he wasn't like, he didn't want to fight you. This wasn't like MMA. Like, he didn't want to, like, punch you. He didn't want to, like, cause you really any harm. He actually just legit wanted to, like, wrestle you to the ground and, like, you know, probably, like, <laughs> like, uh, what was it? Captain Morgan put 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 his, you know, foot on top of it. And, this kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a pirate. He's not a pirate. I swear. Um but he just wanted to always wrestle. Now almost every night like he found a victim to wrestle with and uh one night on tour they they were wrestling uh or he was he wanted to wrestle somebody they, we were in a hotel room and uh you know no one was there. it was getting kind of late we we're kind of like you know Larry we should calm down and he got the bright idea to just just jump into the ceiling fan and we got footage of it and when he jumped into the ceiling fan and we all thought it was amazing and uh we came up with the name scotch hogan for him which was just uh the (laughs) what he became after a couple drinks and when he wanted to fight you so that is the ballad of scotch hogan now sockeye salmon sandwiches actually has a bit of a history behind it (laughs) that's a sentence i never thought i'd say sockeye salmon sandwiches um we started. I, I wrote that song with Corey, who was in Druid. Uh, we wrote that song when I was in high school. We were actually waiting for somebody to show up uh, at a band practice, and uh, my mom had just uh, fed him uh, a sockeye salmon sandwiches. So uh, he just played played this like uh, this riff. Was, sockeye salmon sandwiches, sockeye salmon sandwich, and we just thought it was such a funny idea that, like, you know, the, the i that itself didn't go further than that it was just something that happened before practice and then the, the other guy showed up and he said listen to what we wrote when you weren't here sockeye salmon sandwiches all right that's stupid let's go on to making our metalcore stuff and that's where the idea ended now years later we're talking hellbent and i and we're, we're talking song ideas and breezy comes up and he's like what about sockeye salmon sandwiches? And I was like... Yeah, of course. It's such a silly song. It's such a stupid, silly song. That why can't we make this? Uh, <laughs> why can't we make this uh, a song? So that's actually how that song came together. It's an old song that was a joke song to begin with that got turned and like it was originally like a fifteen-second song and we stretched out to like a minute. So the the theme you hear for anecdotes that's where it all started from. Now, Hellbent has done some crazy extru- like 24-hour, I like to call them 24-hour challenges, where we drive somewhere, play a show, and drive back, and next thing you know, we're at the exact same spot where we were just 24 hours later. Now, we did this one banger uh, with Voltang. So we piled all of Voltang's gear from Hamilton and members, along with Hellbent and our gear all in one van, drove all the way to Montreal, which was eight hours from here, and we played this show. We had a great time. Uh, it was the bucket list, uh, like, showcase event. Uh, you know, there was quite a few people out, but there was also uh, protests happening uh <laughs> <laughs> in uh montreal at the moment uh you know there was like riot police literally like st- like walking storming the street and whatnot and uh you know, montreal is a nightmare to drive in in itself finding parking for montreal is even worse so we managed to find a spot like six blocks away from the venue uh so we were loading in gear and and because there's, like, riots and stuff happening, someone sprayed pepper spray and, like, we caught, a like, a gust of it in the wind. Like, it just, like, a breeze. Like, at one point, you're just like, oh, boy, it's really kind of hard to breathe right now. <laughs> so we played. We both played. We got back packed up in the van, drove another eight hours back home. And uh, lo and behold, we were dropping the members off 24 hours before we were picking them up. <laughs> now, some of you probably want to know a bit of the story behind the Pup album release and how we got to play it. Now, it's a pretty simple story. Um, we were on tour with uh, Spill Your Guts, and Pup had just been recording their record uh, Morbid Stuff. And they put this, and they, if, you, if you don't know Pup, I suggest you stop listening to this podcast and definitely go check them out. They've got 100 different music videos that are super cool, and they've got really cool ideas behind them. This band is always super inno- um, innovative as far as their like music videos go. Um, so this wasn't short of something that they would have done. They posted on their Instagram lyrics, chords, and the structure to a song. Right? So they have their lyrics, the chords, and the structure to the song. although the catch is the song hadn't been released. So nobody actually knew the way of the melody. They just knew the chords in which it should have sound like. But as far as strumming patterns go, and like all that was out the window. you just got to create your own version of the song. It's a cover of, your, uh, of a pup song, but before anybody actually had heard the song, which is super cool. So we had a day off and we threw it all together. You know, we those aren't real drums on it. We just kinda threw it together and uh it came out great. It turned out amazing, and we we're super happy with it. And they also were like, send us a video with it so that we can include it in our music video. And, you know, being hellbent, we're like overthinking things like well, it should just be a video of us playing? No, probably every band's gonna be doing that. Well, what what can we do that's silly? And I'm always just like, Well, what if we just do like a video of me dancing in my underwear? Like it's the win- winter time out. It's, it's dance in my underwear. I can smoke a bong during the guitar solo. You two could just be having a cigarette behind me. I know you guys don't want to be a really big part of this. That's where that idea came from. So we cut that, sent it to them. Pup loved it. They thought it was amazing. They included it in their music video. Um, you could definitely go check it out. Uh, that's for their song, Free At Last. Um, so then we saw that they were putting... Uh, uh, Like uh, a music video is coming out soon to their album release in Toronto. And we're also, we have members from Toronto. We like to consider, we are like the, I don't know how to consider Hellbent where we're from. But we have like, you know, we're Niagara, Hamilton and Toronto based. Um, You know, that, that's where I like to say that we're mostly from. So we reached out and I said, you know, hey, we saw that you're doing an album release in Toronto. We're from Toronto. What are the chances we can open the show up for you? And they said, got back to us pretty quick. And we we're like, unfortunately, it's not the case. Uh, we already have openers lined up, you know, agents and money is involved. And so we can't just kind of just throw you on uh we can't make that happen but however they came back to us they're like we have a really cool idea and before we say anything we just want to make sure that we can make it happen so we just kind of we're in this limbo state we're hoping to hear something back for them and uh, you know kept in touch and eventually they were like all right so here's the plan we want you to come out and play your version of our song before we play our version and uh we're like, that's amazing. That's like a sold out Danforth crowd. How could we say no? (laughs) So, uh, we totally went out and, uh, Uh, We shredded it. I I, I wore some tearaway pants. I ripped my tearaways off and danced in my underwear. It was a sold-out crowd to Danforth, and we were super happy that that happened. We're super thankful that Pup gave us the opportunity to do that and showcase some of our music to a crowd who, who objectively loved it and had a great time with it. It was such a good time. Hopefully, I could get one of the members on the show soon enough because I'm sure they've got a handful of cool stories to tell uh, especially being in a band like pup and always having so much fun all right let's get into some of my favorite gas station snacks now when we're pulled over to the road on a late tour and we've got some snacking to do let's just put it right at a gas station i get in there and i definitely go for the the twinkies the hostess those like baked goods that are Aren't, aren't really you know they haven't been baked in a long time because they've got so much preservatives in them you know a big fan of that the joe louis flakies, huge fan of that but i'm also a big sucker for meat sticks yeah i love those spicy hot meat sticks I'm, i could definitely go for those i also love my gummies if you like uh, you know i i don't know what else you expect this I, from this answer i'm a stoner so i you know i will enjoy some chocolate Uh, Especially that candy popcorn with all the chocolate on the popcorn. That stuff's been out of this world that's been coming out. Yeah, no, uh, ch- I know, and I chips. I love chips, love Cheetos. I guess you could just say I, I love the whole friggin' gas station, I Love Slurpees, and, uh, you know, whatever's on my mind at the time, I will definitely go through. I guess it, it might be easier to say what I don't like. I'm not a big fan of m- mint, <laughs> which is, like, I guess, like one of the only things that you can, it's pretty easy to avoid. Get like, I think I'm not going to get gum for, like, a snack at a gas station. Like, <laughs> I don't, I you know. Don't like any of that stuff. Now, if Hellbent had our rock star dream writer, if we were at the size of Metallica and we were playing an arena, what would be waiting in our green room? Now, I love asking this question, and I I have picked up a couple people's ideas along the way uh, because they certainly are good ideas. Uh, We would definitely, I would want the room to have posters of obscure... Let's let's just say if obscure movies that didn't do very well, uh, like so maybe like a like a The Adventures of Pluto Nash poster over here, Or maybe like a, a, the a Master of Disguise poster in front of me, or something, <laughs> something like that. Something just that's not uh that's, just obscure posters that would make me laugh and like catchphrase. So that, that that was something I would certainly enjoy. Uh, zebra couches, I would like some zebra couches. Not the size of Metallica. I think that's not too much to ask. I want some of the coaches that we get to hang on to be zebra patterned. Now, I don't want them to be made out of zebras. I just want them to be, you can paint them zebra uh, with black and white. I don't don't care. I just want them to be zebra colored. Now, obviously, we're going to have a big screen TV playing some ridiculous stuff. Maybe just like uh, the entire series of, like, there's, uh, I know there's like YouTube channels dedicated it, but like 24 hour uh, channels that are constantly playing stuff like, you know, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force, just like a, a TV, just constantly playing Aqua Teen Hunger Force. This is by the way, my ideas. I'm sure Nick and, and, and Breezy would be like, uh, no, we could get rid of this, this and this and this. This is too, You know, I can hear Breezy and me are being like, this is too expensive and we can get away doing this. Like <laughs> now this, this is my ideas. I want zebra couches. I want obscure posters. From movies that didn't do too well, and I want *Akatine Hunger Force* playing on a big screen TV. I want a couple arcade cabinets. Specifically, there's a really fun uh, *Simpsons* arcade cabinet, and it's like the one that they never ended up releasing for like even Super Nintendo. I can't even remember what it is, but you you can be Marge, you could be Lisa, you could be Bart, and you could be Homer, and you could be it's like a four player game. Everybody could play this cabinet at once. Um, yeah, definitely want that there. Maybe a Mortal Kombat arcade cabinet so that I could try and, like, beat Breezy or something. You know, boost my ego a little bit. <laughs> something wild like that. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of people say, like, you know, beers and pot. Let's get extravagant with it, all right? Because I'm at the size. I can afford this kind of stuff. We're gonna ask for a hookah in the middle, right? Yeah, nobody nobody seems to smoke hookahs anymore. So we're gonna have a hookah in the middle there, flavored with like blueberry, some strawberry, something like that. So we can all just go up and hit it at any time. It's just a big pile of fucking pot smoking at all times. And then, um, uh, I would like uh like an ice sculpture that dispenses booze. Now I'm not even much of a big booze drinker myself, beer or whatever. Um. But uh, you know, again, we're extravagant. We're uh, we. we, It's in the budget. We can afford this. (laughs) Yeah, some sort of ice sculpture that dispenses uh, liquor. That would be a lot of fun. Just because we could. And you know what? I want a clown uh, performing. I want a clown performing magic in the corner. So a magician dressed as a clown uh, in the corner. That uh, once you approach, he's kind of like a. Like a NPC, like a non-playable character, uh, in like a game. Uh, once you approach him, he starts talking to you, but otherwise, he's just in the corner uh, doing some sort of repetitive action that uh, that is uh, <laughs> allows him to do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what we would we would have in um uh, the in my in our writer in our dream room obviously i would like to take the dog for a walk that one's a fun one uh having a signed picture from a celebrity that's cool guys probably throw those under the list but uh some of the ones that you maybe haven't heard that's what i would that's what Helbin's green would uh green room would look like if uh we were playing arenas let's get into my top favorite artists now uh, this one's always really tough for me to answer and i think i have answered it in the past so i'll, I'll go pretty quickly with it my all-time favorite artist of uh all time is uh Sean Daly, he goes by the name of Slug. He is part of a group called Atmosphere from Minneapolis. Uh, they've been around since the '90s. He runs a group called Rhymes, or sorry, he runs a label called Rhymesayers that has people like Brother Ali on it, Prof, uh, Dem Atlas, lots of cool uh, rappers, and uh, a big fan of just Rhymesayers in itself. Uh, there are a lot of cool people on that uh, label, and uh, he runs it himself. He's like uh, he's an artist that runs the label, so there's it's just a little bit more home it's just a bit more cozy let's just put it uh uh it feels good and to see to a rapper he makes such good music and he's evolved so well over the years uh growing up and be, be becoming more of a dad and whatnot and i'm still a huge fan i know a lot of people have like fallen off a lot of his new music but it's some of the, my favorite stuff by him He's number one. Uh, number two is probably going to go to Metallica. Uh, Metallica is a big band for me growing up. Uh, you know, used to be obsessed with them. Uh, love them. Uh, don't care what you think. Uh, not a big fan of the St. Anger uh, record. That album's trash. Don't care what you say. Uh, <laughs> um third band's probably gonna have to i'm gonna give it to i'm gonna give it to every time i die big fan my wife and i are big every time i die fans uh they're they're funny folks outside of their music uh any you know the shit happens series or the dvd before that uh very funny um the the comical guys uh and they they do a lot they they uh present themselves uh in a matter where you know uh you could tell that uh, what's important to them, uh, and uh, they're they're an important band that uh, I've always been a big fan of. Got crazy good riffs, got tunes, and the and the new record that just came out is is amazing. It definitely made my top five of the year. Now we're getting into four and five band. Four and five, I'm gonna have to probably give it to Slipknot. Slept I've seen over. I've only actually seen them once, and that was only a couple of years ago. They put on a hell of a performance. But like, you know, getting into new metal growing up, uh, they were definitely one of those bands that you're like, "What is this? They got mass. It's so spooky and crazy. This is, speaks to me, right? I I'm a different kid. I, I this this makes me wanna." Make you know, makes me feel like I'm a different kid listening to this kind of stuff, and that's that's kind of where they're super important to me. Corey Taylor's obviously a fantastic vocalist, he's a great singer, he's a big screamer, and all that fun jazz. Uh, uh rest in peace, story Joey Jorderson, he was a, a fantastic drummer, but uh, also shout outs to Jay Weinberg, who is also a really good drummer for them. Yeah, Slipknot would probably have to be my fourth, and then uh, coming in. For five, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I'm going to say Brendan Brendan Urie of uh, Panic at the Disco. I love Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco is... uh been a band for me he's a fantastic vocalist he's a good songwriter uh even his interviews outside of his music he is gone and he's just he's a genuine person he's silly i feel like brennan yuri and i were getting along really well brennan yuri if you're listening and i know that you are uh you should definitely come on the show (laughs) all right well there's a top five artists there for you there's a Couple stories that I've uh, sent you with that I hopefully haven't told within some anecdote episodes along the couple uh, over the couple months, but uh, yeah, hope you've g- enjoyed this episode. Um, you can always find me at at Monkey Phil M U N K Y P H I L. That nickname comes from my nieces. Uh, I was always Unky Monk or sorry uh, Unky Phil to them, and then I said monkey fill one day and then it stuck so i'm monkey phil to them and that's me on uh instagram monkey fill at monkey fill uh you can check you know at hellbent uh hardcore hellbent ch uh, uh sinner cult at sinner cult and. More importantly, at Banecdotes, B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S, if you want to be a part of the show in any capacity, shoot me an email, shoot me a direct message, easy to get a hold of, Banecdotes at gmail.com. We do these new music of the month episodes. I'm not going to be doing a new music of the month of December not too many tunes came out that i could make a full hour out of it so uh we'll we'll save them for for next month but there was a couple bands that put out some stuff Uh, i got my eye on you don't worry about that and uh we do these throwbacks thursday episodes where if you played in an old band and uh some demos never made it to the internet and uh, you want to have them featured on the show hit me directly i would love to feature your old band that's what i'm all about those old demos that never made it those myspace demos you know what i'm saying right on okay so we're gonna end the show with uh we're gonna end the show with sinner uh this is one of my favorite songs by my by this band we just put it out in our self-titled uh ep that came out a couple years ago this is our song wraith take it easy folks